This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. Every Thursday, you'll be chilling with me and my guest, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. So sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chills with TFC. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You buy endowments for 20 years, but you expect those kind of equity returns. Okay. Uh, okay. And then maybe 15 years down the road, and you say, hey, how come my policy is like mm. only accumulates so so much? Should I go back to school my, school my agent? <laughs> Should I go back to school my agent? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chill Swift TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn more about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Yorochi Financial Coconut, and today we spend time with one of the OGs of Singapore's personal finance space. He has championed DIY for the longest time and is still an important voice in the space, but some say, uh, some say he has gone to the dark side. <laughs> because he joined a wealth planning company. So some of his followers ask, So Keith, do you still believe in DIY? Yesterday, we spent time with none other than Keith from Investment Modes, one of the most respectable financial writers in Singapore, to discuss what is his take on the financial planning and wealth management space today. Now that he is inside, has his assumption been proven right or has he shifted his ideas of the broader space? So find out about all that and more in today's episode. This is Chills with TFC. Okay, we are back in the house today of Chills with TFC. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut. And we are in with a legend, right? Where <laughs> that joined the dark side. <laughs> well, I'll say until like that. <laughs> so yes, uh, Keith, introduce yourself. I, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if people know you, but I'm quite sure they all know your blog. You know, anybody that invests and, and all that. So yeah, who are you? You came out of hiding. Today, come on set with the- <laughs> Yeah, I, I I come out from 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 back behind the block mm. because <laughs> because not a lot of people see 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 my face around. But firstly, thanks thanks for the invite, Reggie. Uh, it's been some time uh, since since yes. our last last one. So two years, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah two <laughs> yes. two two years. What? You realize so long. It's been two years. Yeah. That was before COVID. Before then? COVID, oh, that's wow. why we could meet in person. Then I see, then, I see. Then no more. Yeah. So uh, I write this investment blog called Investment Modes. Uh. Uh, used to be more popular la. now with all the TikTok and the YouTube uh, which I don't do so much so so less visibility mm. less visibility so I've been writing that for some time on it used to focus more on stock investing and all so eventually it ventures into more on investment management mm. but also uh, the topic of what are your goals and bringing you to the goals today I got Keith into studio to yeah, try to explore how tainted you are how much brainwashing have you got to 
and also take the time to try to understand like what is your perspective of the wealth planning space mm-hmm. you know uh, from a maybe some would call you a white knight you know <laughs> from the outside back then you know like shouting out you know it should be done this way blah 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 blah. cannot do this cannot do that you join the dark side <laughs> So today we are here right, to debunk all these myths, like what is true, what is not true, what are some things that you at first you thought you it was like that and then turns out it's different, hmm. right? So um, we can start with uh, what do you actually do now? So um, I think some, even some of my blog readers or, or those that saw my content, they, they boycott you. Not <laughs> say they boycott, they mistaken that since uh, I, I think because I put where where I work on, mm. on, on my blog, they, let's say you work in AI, AIA, yeah, okay. Yeah. Then they, 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 they imagine that, that, that you are confirmed a financial advisor, mm, okay? Mm, mm. Cannot be a facilities management person <laughs> or the... Or the or the key auntie or all those sort of things. So mm. so my official title is senior solution specialist, mm. But it's it's a it's a long name more for the person that is at the back end, right? Supporting the advisor. So so we 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 work on the solutions and there are a lot of aspects about financial planning or wealth management, like uh, what goes into uh, the onboarding process and there's a lot of data there's a lot of formatting or documents that clients see on a, a frequent basis annual basis and all those sort of things so you need someone at the back end of it to actually like aggregate all these things and then uh, format them nicely because we providence serves mostly the higher net worth right and one of the things that they want to actually aspire or plan for, right? Is that here overseas education? There are a few countries, right? Like how much does it cost now? What's, mm. what's the living thing? So you need someone at the back end to do all this research, ma. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. this, this person, <laughs> ma. Yeah. So you're not part of the sales process? I am not part of the sales process. But mm. in a certain sense, because like some of the more complex cases, right? The advisors come to us to actually discuss some of these things. So it does give me a certain color, like what clients are looking for, some of their concerns and how complex some of these situation is. Mm. So I do get some of these perspectives, uh, mm. which is quite interesting if you contrast it against how my readers look at their own situation in terms of their net wealth is different groups and, mm. and how similar or different they are. Yeah. Mm. So did any reader boycott you? <laughs> uh, as you make the shift, did they feel like Nipantu? <laughs> so you have you have moved to the other side. No, but mm. but in a certain sense, like recently there was one episode, right? Mm. I think I think it's more like a pri- private ep- episode. And it's dealing with uh, because I, I sort of def- defended some of the influencers that due to all the all the cryptos kind 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 of situation to provide a certain perspective that my thinking is that there's definitely some you look at it, you know that what everything or they just stop. Yes. They yes. just stop. But there are some, right, in order to have this crowd and in this content and media business wrong, right, you have to preserve that reputation. Yeah. And in order to preserve that reputation, right, you do your own due diligence. When you're deep into some of these things, sometimes your due diligence, maybe you lack the sophistication. Mm-hmm. And although you do it, but but it didn't turn out very well. Some mm. even they do it very deep, right? Then you still have situation like FTX blow up. Yeah, yeah. I can say personally and honestly, right? I didn't expect FTX to to to, to mm. blow up. Mm. So because I defended, and then someone actually like relate the way that he puts it puts it across that is that now that I joined the financial industry, like I'm not so impartial anymore. 
of course we're discussing that thing but but it, it, it's sort of like like deep in idea oh okay so that's how people look at if you go there right then most likely you'll be tainted in some ways mm. it's how mm. tainted it is yeah. so do you feel you are tainted <laughs> I would say that before I joined, right, I have a, a, a certain idea like like how the industry is. And so... So um, what is this idea before you join? What's your perspective? It's like, it's very sales-driven, no? Mm. And then there's a lot of this kind of like possible economic bias because let's just say that in terms of the financial advice, it's quite commissions-driven. And because of the economic bias of that structures, right, it tends to be a more sales-driven process. There's a lot of unknown there. The background is my my friend Christopher Tan uh, approached me whether whether I'm interested in in that role and and I don't have to do too much due diligence because like I work with 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 them in the past so so I know roughly that how different things are in terms of their structure and and all that. But there's always like we join company is like that, ma. Sometimes you see what you see on the outside, <laughs> yeah. what's in, in the inside can be totally different, ma. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because of the working relationship, not a lot of due due diligence there, la, mm, That mm, need to be mm. done. So then, after you are in the industry for a while, mm. you know, uh, are some of these assumptions true? I think what I understand about mm. like that industry and or in the past, right? Largely is correct. Okay, really, really. Largely is correct. And and I have to like try to explain that like, mm-hmm. in the sense that just now I say already that it's quite, uh, I think there's a certain economic bias and, and all that. But I do have friends that are under the structure. They have their clients' interests at heart. So so there, there is. But the problem is always that, let's say I am a 25-year-old, I come in and then if I'm looking for financial advice, or I I have some financial needs and a product. It's very difficult to actually tell like like which which one of them right. It's actually actually good enough to actually uh, recommend things to me. Let's say they're interested like like what makes a uh, suitable f- uh, financial advisor or wealth planner or uh, wealth advisor for for you right. Usually like you have to look for three things. Okay, firstly integrity. Okay, this person needs to have your interest at heart. Yes. The second one is more sophistication or what I would say competency. Mm. So they need to know how things work, mm. like all this investment stuff and all this insurance stuff and, and, and all. they need to know their stuff. Okay, then the third one right, is execution. They have to be kind of prompt enough for, for, for you. It's quite difficult to find these three together because usually it's like if you have someone that is like know all these things very well but their execution sucks, right? What happens will be like, oh, they can tell you a lot of stories about like what investments to go into but when you try to execute them, well, every time it's like wait a long time or all, all these sort of things. Then of course you you have those like friends and families, they, 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 they will suggest that I go with my cousin who is mm. also in the wealth advisory space. So these people, they have your interest at heart, most likely integrity and all. But some of them, maybe the sophistication level is not there. It's quite challenging to, to, to find these three. And that is the landscape. La. So you're, you're saying your team has these three? Uh, I wouldn't say <laughs> that. Okay, I wouldn't okay. say that. But but because we try to aspire that. Because even the sophistication part, it's an ongoing learning. Learning, yeah. Uh, I dare to say that I think all our advisors, right, they have that integrity portion of things. Mm-hmm. Execution is a company thing. It's how tightly we, we hold that. And that one is a function of like how well Provident does like, in, in terms of how we try to continue 
continuously improve I feel like I need to send you guys invoice already. They tell us send invoice I send to Provident. Say today's sponsor episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe talk a little bit about the integrity part. Right? How do I measure integrity of an individual? I think integrity in, in a sense is also like it's a, it's a mixture of let's say trust or, or something. And we can think from our angle like, like why do we go, go with our friends as advisors and all those things is because you have a period of time to assess their character Mm. and all those sort of things and they are relationship with you so in a certain sense like that will only be only the first part of it but in order for them to work with you for a long time right, the hard truth is you need a period right to actually establish whether they're trusting and it cannot be like just like one meeting two meeting yeah. even three meeting so yeah. it's usually like a maybe a one to three years process and probably you have to work with them over these periods uh, to see that, oh, okay, we've gone through some of this market volatility, whether they are recommendation or all these things is with your in- in interest at heart. Or- that way of thinking probably works for like some of the bigger clients, right? They're more high net worth. They can test multiple advisors at the same time. You know, like my friends, they buy a lot of property. They got multiple agents running at the same time. What do you can get me? What do you can get me? And then eventually they will narrow down until the, the few people that they want, mm. right? But for a lot of the smaller people, you know, the, the men on the street, the retail crowd, yeah, you can hunt it down right after uni, you know? <laughs> so, and so, so like, how do you go about, like, you know, at, at that level, you know, for, for the mass crowd to, to look at financial planning as a service? I guess it's whether it's for the higher net worth or even if your net worth is not, not there, right? I think the hard, hard truth is there's no easy way. Like their general idea is farm it out, right? And then have built a relationship over time, right? And then see whether those three, they can deliver on those three things. If you don't have so much money, that is a hard thing to do. Lah. But you've seen most of us do that to, to, to a certain degree because like, let's say like a lot of people, they will have potless of money inside different robots. Why that is the case, right? And not a large sum of money in one of them, right? It's that they're testing it out, man. There's a lack of trust. And so it ends up in situations like that. And it's not just for for those be- people that is whether, whether it's uh, affluent or, or or below those. On if you look at some of the financial, their their own balance sheet, right? For the higher net worth, they also like that. Lor. So everyone is trying to do the same thing, lah. Trying to find find trust and all, and everyone's struggling with it. Yeah. Mm. So so, uh, what's your hot take on robo advisor? I think if you look at the local ones are uh, the local ones, right? And how they how 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 they evolve, right? A lot of them they started off with let's say um strategic portfolios, different flavors of strategic portfolios. So you can see different that like how stash away is different from Scythe and 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 how it's different from and us and all those sort of things. But you realize eventually, like at this point, right, the managed portfolios does not take a front seat. They started like offering like more funds, individual funds, or they offer lets you uh, trade stocks and all these kind of things. So they be, have become a platform. They are less of an advisor because like an advisor is 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 more like trying someone that tries to bring you towards your financial goals. But they are leaving a lot of things right to the users right for them to actually figure out. That is their model, and I feel that whether you, which 
net worth level, right? What everyone is actually looking for, right, is someone, right, to actually coach them along the way, right? Sometimes to push them along that, hey, you have $2,000 per month spare, right? You need to keep funneling it in, in, into your, your, your wealth. But it's not so, sometimes not so much of, of letting that person to make the decisions them, themselves. And because of that, right, the way that I look at them, they are not so different from the platforms that exist before that. Because the platforms that exist before that, you have your, let's say your dollar decks, uh, Fun Supermart, IFAS and all right. They also let you make the decisions. They have a assortment of funds out there. They probably, that time, IFAS, they don't have the stock, stock, stock trade, trading one. So if you look at this situation, like what's so different between them and, and, and the previous platform? So I I see no I see no no differences there like it's just some 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 slight slight difference. Mm, mm, okay, so it's really just more of a UI and a fee kind of situation at this point in time, because I get mm, it. You know, mm. a few years ago when they first started, there was a lot of managed portfolio. Okay, mm. this one, this one, this one. Your risk mm. parity, blah blah blah, mm. and then you know you just come in, you pick. That's it. Simple questionnaire, and then you pick. Correct. But today they are integrated with a lot of back end, right? A lot of new offerings, mm. and then it becomes like an open platform for you to then decide. Mm. So I, I know, I know. And I, I, I kind of know what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fair point, fair point. Okay, mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we come back to the financial planner mm. kind of discussion. Mm. You say that a lot of things that we perceive, that means the common man that perceives on the street is true. Okay, after you enter the space. Right? So after Keith venture into the dark forest, <laughs> he comes out and say, yeah, lah, what you are thinking is quite true. But what are some things that at first you thought it was like that, but after you went in, you realize that may maybe it's not, not as true. I didn't really know that it, the degree is so big. Mm. Like say, for example, we always view a financial advisor or planner, right? That is able to offer two things, the insurance aspect as well as the investment aspect. For accumulation, uh, you have your endowments, then of course you have your ILPs and all those sort of things. So I would think that I thought it was a, Equal pie, but when we go through some of the uh, our hiring process, or or even through our interactions, right, then we realize that they are. I feel that they are more focused on the insurance aspect of things, like their insurance knowledge, right. A lot of them, right, is quite power. Okay, it's it's it's, it's so much that actually, like like in Chinese, we call gai guo their 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 investment mm. stuff, such mm. that you don't see them accentuate that portion of things. And that was one thing that quite surprised, surprised me. Yeah. Mm. Then there are other things like, say for example, how I see some of our client advisors operate, right? That that surprised me because like last time, I'm quite a numbers person. Mark, so I would think that what will actually sell, right? is a lot. You need a plan that some of these numbers make sense. I thought so too, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's not the case. That's not the case. That's not the case. That's Selling is a it. very emotional process. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just it's about a very hard emotional. Facts. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a it's a very emotional, but but mm. it's more like the hand hand holding. But like my boss Chris will say, this is bedside manners. So bedside manners is a lot of like 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 those hand holding. If there is like your portfolio is down, difficult condition, how do they deliver it? Uh, whether they take care of you first in in a certain sense, like you're panicking because you're afraid of something, right? And you have to like acknowledge that that fear. 
and before you say all the numbers or they're not going to listen because that's not what they are concerned their concern is you give them this portfolio now it's down so much they're blaming you for for it they're angry and how do you actually tackle some of these angriness so that's part that's part of it but it's also like what i also learned is also like in order to for you to help people right that sales process need to work you need to close cases you meaning you say you need to close a client and a lot of times it's your presentation so no you can't just show everyone the numbers like oh you run this monte carlo simulation this is like 99 percent all those all, all, all those all those sort of stuff so when we go to all these kind of things we only have limited attention so everything has to be quite you tell you like in mm. in in, in chinese yeah. format must have structure yeah yeah even before that, I know I know it's like kind of a hard truth. Lah, because like say for example, I look at some of my friends' financial situation. They are recommended by some of financial advisors that 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 they know outside. I look at their situation on a whatever that is recommended. I don't agree with all of it. Okay. Like some of them they are underinsured and all right. But if you philosophically think about it, right? If they are not if they are not at that those kind of rope shows right and some of my friends right they will even be less covered and if something happens to them then they're in a more disastrous situation mm. this kind of argument right you can view it positively on or on or negatively so usually i say that this is a necessary e- necessary evil it's not a good situation but yeah so because you you know something like that right like their advisor managed to close them so over here it's also sometimes quite sin you 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 work on a case you really have uh, the prospects uh, interest at heart interest yeah. at heart do all these kind of thing but somehow or rather they cannot understand it they cannot understand what 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 you share with them and they they didn't come on board as a as a client so so you have some good benefits but 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 they don't 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 get get to enjoy it then how how you help them like some, these kind of arguments when i hear other people say right it can sound 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 like you're trying to hard sell some of yeah, these things yeah, are, yeah, yeah. that's my truth law yeah mm, okay yeah, fair fair well that's that's interesting never thought i would hear that from you <laughs> <laughs> so so comment in the comment section has keith gone onto the dark side <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, okay, fair. But um, I, th- I think another interesting thing is in the past, you are quite synonymous with like do it yourself. Mm. A lot of DIY ideas. Don't yeah. buy this, don't do that. Do this, do this, do this. You know, DIY. Mm. You know, you even publish your portfolio openly out in the, on, mm. your, on your site and everything. Right? Mm. So if you guys didn't know, you know, maybe because people don't read as much these days. <laughs> yeah. Go to investment modes. Key publishes his portfolio there. When he buy, when he sell, what price, blah, blah, blah. Everything is there. Right. So you were so synonymous with DIY. Mm. Do you still believe in that? Do you still think that people can DIY? Possible if let's say you are conscientious, mm. okay. And what does that 
what does that mean? Meaning to say like you are willing to actually put in to, to, to do the deep work. If not, right, it's not going to be help, helpful for you. So the whole situation that I look at it is like that. Just now I say it's quite difficult to find a person that is high integrity, have competency together. Then the alternative is, of course, you do it yourself. Lah. But we are all busy people and not everyone right, likes this kind of thing. Even if you like this kind of thing, it's kind of like a tedious process. It is, it is. So if you try to DIY, right, a good example is someone who is successful is that there's a lot of different way, things out there, right, that seem, seemingly can build wealth, can help you accumulate wealth, can get you where you, you are supposed to, to go. But which one of them uh, really works, how they work, what are their shortcomings, right, and which one is more suitable for yourself? I've been through that journey. There's a long process for you to actually like try to figure out. And you can see inside chat groups and all right, people are trying to do that. Okay. They start off with something then uh, when something happens, like market gets volatile and all that and then their stock go, goes down, right? They have, have their doubts, which is normal. And, but along the way, they are trying to figure out whether this method is actually mm. right or not. Or should I change your lane and all this kind yeah, of thing? Or, yeah, or should you change your lane? So because of that, that can be quite a tedious process. Some people, some conscientious meaning will say that you'll be willing to put in and work, go deep into it, understand some of these things better, right? Where you want to get to, right, is to find out like out of these different wealth building methods, right? Which one, which few are more suitable for you? You can understand like, like how they work. What are some of the pros? What are some of the cons, right? At the end of it, it should give you enough conviction, right? Such that you dare to sink in more of your money in. Mm. So say for example, this person, let's say we talk about that this person have a surplus of, of let's say $2,000 a month. Okay. When we say surplus, meaning you say like, uh, your take-home income, you minus off your expenses, this person have $2,000. So less convicted about your DIYing and all, all, all that, right? You will have potless inside these few robots. Maybe maybe you have to inside this read ETF and then you try this robot. Yeah, 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 and then, yeah, yeah. It's well, quite a phenomenon. Yeah. Yes. Then you say, wow, some of the FANG stocks are nice. Then you put in some of the FANG, mm. FANG stocks. But a lot of times it ends up like that. And... And so there's a lot of cash sitting sitting there. So those people, if you go deep into it, right? And then if you DIY, right? You get into that mechanism, right? By right, if you understand that, okay, does all this index investing work? And then you understand the pros and cons. And then if you're convicted, right? You say, okay, I understand that to build my wealth, right? I depend on the market, okay? But a large part of it is that I need to funnel the money into it. So if they understand that, then they will know that, okay, I have this surplus, $2,000. Oh, just keep funding $1,005, $1,005, So these people, right, these DIY people, they can get a good outcome. I think, lah, okay. <laughs> Let's say you're a truth seeker, which is what I try to do like, in yes, how, yes. how I carry myself, it's not true. just in work and, and all those things. Because if you find something closer to a truth, then you have conviction, ma, then you yes. you you dare to put more, yes. more, most of the, these in. But 
due to how how we live our life, we we cannot do something like that. So I preach that, but but I understand the the, Reality, the struggles. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes. I I get it. I mean, to be clear, some people ask me like, how can I think this way or how how do I do? So I said, okay, mm. la, you first must have a lot of time, la. <laughs> You must have a lot of energy, and you're willing to put in the work to do these things, right? And I understand many Singaporeans are working very hard day in day out every week. You know, at night you still want to study chim chim things, man. You know, or on the weekend you still want to like do a lot of extra work. If, if it's you, then great, right? But I also have shifted my perspective of like, okay, like actually not everybody wants to wants to do it this way, and uh, there are other ways to go about managing it. Like. No, but there, there's there's certain nuance to it in a certain sense. Like if you see see enough webinars, then then they'll say if you have if you have a lot of time, then maybe you can DIY. The nuance thing is it's about focus. It's a difficult thing. Like how how focus and all and a lot of times it's more like consuming content right that is like just on one subject itself say for example like some of the the, the people that i know right they when, when they started all this they just started let's say index investing they would read this book uh random walk down wall, wall street it's a book okay reading reading a book at least instead of articles right there's there's enough breath. So at least you can understand the pros and the cons better. And then you might be able to develop greater conviction. But nowadays with most people, they prefer to actually consume all the articles or the short video, content, short yeah. content out, out, outside. You mm. don't develop that depth. And that's usually the problem. Yeah, I find it very problematic. Yes, yes. So which is why I, I try very hard to do a lot of this kind of like concept breakdowns mm. rather than like, Oh, do this, do that. I found this, you know, that, that kind of mm. content. But uh, some people say it's very cheap, you know. <laughs> it's very cheap. It's like, I really try to water it down already, you know, like keep it simple, break it down, all that. But yes, thank you all for tuning in every week, okay? Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, we, we work hard yeah. to try to help you guys through, through this process. Mm. Yeah, but I also believe that to get to this part, right? Uh, mm. In my head, right? In, in, in terms of like setting a financial plan mm. is a three-step process, right? Mm. Goals, you must get clarity of your goals. What do you want? And then, the plan uh, which is the strategy and then after that there is risk management so to me this is a three-step process right set your goals first um, de develop a plan upon the goals and then manage the risk from there mm. right and I think a lot of the discussion out there whether is it with the wealth managers or robot advice or even content creators a lot of people um maybe they talk more about the different strategies that are at play. Sometimes they rehash information. <laughs> maybe they read from your blog and then they just rehash the information. It's very possible. Trust me, I know all these kind of things. But I want to ask you a little bit on the the goals side of things, right? Like what kind of advice will you give like the millennials figuring out their life? You know, like what kind of goals to go for? Or do you have a framework in your head around like how do I develop? Like this is the goal that I want. I think in a certain sense, like you distill down very well. Like people in our industry, they don't explain like that. Mm. Okay, investment people explain like that. But like our brains are sync, like, mm. like 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 that. That one is my post producer must put investment modes approved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something like that. Okay, people have like different way of actually saying that. So the goals portion, right, definitely leads leads everything because like why are uh, most people doing all this? Mm. It's because they want to live the life that they want to live. Yes. So yes. what does live the life that you want to live means? That you can distill down to some life goals and usually these life goals, right? You need some financial to actually support it. Yes. Okay. So for all these financial goals, right? 
they they have their own characteristics. Mm. Okay, as a technical person, that's what I'll say. Lah. Like my colleagues back in office, they will have a different um, way of say, saying characteristics. Like a engineer way. Which is the, the stuff I love. Yes, please, please continue. Yeah, so these characteristics, like, usually it's like you look at these goals, right? Usually some of the very standard ones is your time horizon. Mm. How long do you have, right? Before you need the money, okay? Then uh, there's also the other permutation, like how much effort can you in, invest in something like that? And then really like how much capital that you have, how far away it is. So these are some of the characteristics around the, the, the goals itself. Each of these goals, right? They have different kind of like characteristics that might be slightly different. Majority of them are, are quite similar. So give you an example, let's say you're saving for renovations or whether you're saving for your children's education, all these kind of things, they're pretty similar. Like you're saving for renovations, right? Usually it's like about three years away, very fast. Children's education probably is like, it's maybe a 18 to 20 years thing, okay? The characteristic is that you're saving from this point to some somewhere over here, right? Mm. There is usually, uh, there's no need to touch them, right? So it's a basic uh, uh, accumulation, right? Those with a longer horizon, right? You can tahan more volatility. That three years one, right? You cannot tahan more, more, more volatility. So that is a characteristic. Now compare that to something else. Let's say you, you have a pot of money, you're actually planning to be financial independence in three years time. So that will mean some accumulation, but also spending down the money. Now, when you spend down the money, right, there are certain things to actually take care of. Like how long do you need this income to, to last? If you need the income to last for a long, longer period, there is more spectrum of outcomes, like whether you're lucky or, or, mm. or un unlucky. And that might mean that you need to have enough equities inside your portfolios. If let's say, let's say for example, this person is 34 years old or 35 years old. So technically speaking, probably 65 years going yes, forward. Yes, yes, yes. The NUS uh, Research Center estimates that most millennials will live to 100 years old by mm. the projection, you know, uh, mm. from, from, from there. So shout out to all you centurions. <laughs> Very soon, all of you will live to 100 years old. Huh? So that's, that's the hypothesis, yes. So because of that, right, in order for them to last, right, the research shows it's better to have some, some equities. Huh? But you can imagine if we're talking about retirement, usually people will say quite a bond heavy portfolios. So once you understand some of these characteristics, right, then you're right to say, we can think about the strategies. Okay, what are some of the sound strategies for that time horizon? Mm. I will usually group that strategy and the risk management together because like the the risk management involves a strategy, but maybe you're looking at it as an ongoing basis. Mm. Like how do you risk manage it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, so then now that we got a little bit of clarity on mm. like, you know, some of your thoughts around like discovering the mm. goal, right? I believe mm. this is a much longer discussion. Mm. How do you discover yourself? How do you define these goals? Why do you want to do these things? Blah, blah, blah. It's much, mm. much longer discussion. We can, mm. we can do this at another time, mm. you know, but because I think a lot of people before tuning in may have already bought some stuff or may have already signed up with some services or like, FAs or like wealth planners or even robots, whatever, right? So how do you then strike something as, oh, this is a bad plan or like, what is a good plan? 
two things uh. the, mm. the the first thing is that there's certain like I would say the technical technical things right that shouldn't go wrong uh. like say for example like like if let's say you're trying to accumulate for your children's education over, over there the, a bad plan is is someone that is uh, less sophisticated they plan they plan for you or sometimes even you plan 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 for yourself right some of these the technical part you don't respect it doesn't make sense mm. okay then, like yeah like you buy endowment for 20 year long kind of thing you buy endowments for 20 years but you expect those kind of equity returns okay uh, okay and mm. then maybe 15 years down the road and you say hey how come my policy is like mm. only accumulate so so much should i go back to school my school my agent <laughs> should i go back to school my agent <laughs> It's like the A B move, right? Scope, don't scope, scope. Yeah, don't yeah. Scope. Then they'll go to the insurance company, complain, and then you'll make the newspaper and mm-hmm. and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. That's one part. Uh. The other part is that a bad plan is one or that you set at the start, right? And then you don't review and then you don't update it because life oh, is a spectrum of probabilities. Uh. Mm. So with the technical expertise, right? We try our best to actually map out that twenty years. You need, let's say, ninety thousand dollars, right, for your NUS or tuition fee. That's the plan. But along the way, right, if let's say the portfolio doesn't do so 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 well, right, the advisors need to like review with them, right, and then say that hey, okay, the financial products that we put you in is sound, right, but like this is not a good sequence, right? So in order for you to reach your goals, right, you need to like actually like funnel in more money. So say for example, like. Uh, somewhere along the way you also do well in your career and then you have that aspiration last time like, hey, uh, I my parents sent me to, to, to Australia to study now NUS is not enough <laughs> NUS is not enough okay I have the aspirations right I want to like see whether I can satisfy that or mm, not mm. so it has to be updated a, that's a, like a stretch goal right yeah. yeah and we're not saying NUS not good <laughs> Okay, okay, fair, fair. I, I like that way of thinking about things and uh, mm. I'm a big proponent of that. Right? I even mm. go so far to look at some of the gerontology studies in the UK to try to map out like how is your consumption pattern going to be like. Wow, okay. Right, right? So, That's serious stuff. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So I look at some of the studies and there's a lot of... Uh, data to show like that because over there you know they, they have done this a little bit more a bit longer right so the mm. long-term gerontology okay gerontology is study old people okay so I, I look at some of the study and most of your you know consumption that you do today will pick at about 48 okay mm. about 48 years old mm. and I, I i think it's quite aligned with how i look at this thing uh you will try less things you may double down on certain interests and as you double down on certain things they don't get more expensive in fact if you know a lot more people in the particular let's say you're gardening right and then you know a lot more people in the gardening group uh your cost of pursuing the hobby comes down right so there's a general tendency for those things so i, I like to propagate some of these thoughts so that you get a bit more clarity in your models Right, because sometimes I feel that the financial advisor, the model is an endless upward trend. Okay, it's only an upward trend. So, oh, it's more and more and more and more and more. And more. So, it's an endless upward trend. And to me, you're pricing in a bit too much optionality. But, but you also say about the spectrum of possibilities, right? And, and that's something that we must respect, right? We are humans, you know, uh, five years down, you, you may find a partner that you want to like, okay, we're going to excavate from this place. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to elope, right? We go somewhere else, you know, or something happened to you and you have a change in your thought process so pricing in optionality is is quite important in a plan i feel uh, but how much is too much or how much is too little you know in 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 factoring options in our in our plan like having this range of spectrum of choices that's a good question 
actually I try to like formulate this more recently. The hard truth is right, if you want to be more conservative in all, a lot of these plans, right? Basically the general idea is you put in more money. Mm. Okay. And when we talk about let's say the spectrum of returns, right? What it means is right, you can look at that spectrum, right? Like the one at the bottom all is unlucky. Okay. Mm. Maybe they went through a, a, a bear market, a really, really bad bear market. Let's say not say Great Depression. Nah. The ones usually the worst off one is the 1970s high inflation period. Mm. Then there are of course the really, really lucky ones, which means that they went through a circular blue market, right? Inflation is like kind of moderate, very manageable. So if you look at this one, right, it's not just one returns. It is a, it is a spectrum of considering that. So if let's say some financial planner plans for you, right, they're actually look using a certain planning returns for you, let's say about 7% or 5%. The number is used for planning, but most likely that that would be not be the one that you experience it. So if you want to buffer for the unlucky ones, right? Basically speaking, right, is that you're assuming let's say your returns is like damn lousy. Like. You don't not sure what's what's the plan going forward, right? But you're assuming that your returns is gonna be like very lousy. Like. Meaning you say instead of five percent, you're getting like maybe 2.5%, which is like bond-like returns for equity. Okay. So that will set aside. A lot of money, okay? But we have competing goals, ma. You you can't set aside one goal. So a good way to look at this one is that at the start of all these things, right? You don't think about whether you're lucky or not lucky so much. You plan for let's say the me- median returns. If let's say the use a conservative enough planning returns, right? You look at long enough history and, and find out what's what's a planning returns. Usually like it's around five, six percent for equities and, and all that. This will be a part where some of some people will be quite incredulous. Are you using too low or not? Look mm. at the past 10 years, SP 500 is doing how how much? But if you look at longer term data, right, you realize that okay, what we experienced in the past 10 years, right, is actually a lucky sequence. Mm. Usually after a lucky sequence, what comes after that? A lucky sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if that is that may be what you're experiencing, I think it's more conservative to use a more conservative planning return. At the start, start start most of your goals, right? You have these few goals. Say for example, let's say you're getting ready for renovations, that, that furnishing you have out of pocket. And of course, children's costs. And then after that, once you settle some of these things, right? Um, maybe some down, down, down payment for your home. That one may, may, may come after that. Then maybe you start saving for your retirement or fi- financial, these few goals. So mm. try to factor in these few goals, right? Like plan with a conservative median returns that will work out like how much you actually need. Then as you progress further, right? We're not sure how it will ca- carry you. If you do well in your career, right? both your spouse and yourself, right? You will suddenly see that your income gets better. You have more surpluses. It depends on out of all these goals, right? Which one is actually like more important to you? One of the key things like before that, when 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 uh, Reggie talked about it, right? It starts off with goals, right? One of the key elements is that you need to, inside your head, right? You need to have a certain priority about your goals. Mm, mm. Recently, I came out with one article that maybe a little bit controversial like is is that I I I explain to people what is my highest financial goal at, at this moment, which is to make sure that I have enough financial security. So to me, out of all these things, right, that one is the highest out there. And and you might disagree with that, right? But you have to like work out some of these things. Like for some, right, they they believe that 
children is their future, right? And being able to pay for it, that, that ranks quite high. Mm. Higher than their retirement. That is maybe higher, high, higher now. You have to have that inside your head, right? And usually when we're talking about this, it's more like a little bit long, long drawn out, like maybe five or six years, those kind of goals. If you have that idea about what's your priority, right? When you have this surplus of income, right? In order to make your goals more certain, right? You divert more of your this additional surplus to those goals. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. Now we'll see how the market moves from there. If let's say you are lucky, you turns out to be lucky, right? You can lower the risk for for these portfolios, okay? So that so that subject to less volatility, since you have already achieved that goal already, additional resources you divert into the, the next priority. Lah. So that's the blueprint to tackle this, which is why you see when we talk about, we go back to what's a good plan or what, what what's a bad plan. Right? It has to be constantly reviewing some of these things. Either the planner do it for you or you have to like do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that frame of thought. Right? And and mm-hmm. fundamentally that already factors in that optionality involved. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have some basic lineup, you prioritize, and then if you have more, if things perform better, you can do more. And you know, you don't need to over plan. Um yeah, I think I think that's uh that's a decent mm-hmm. decent plan. But we can uh, keep evolving this question, right? Because we can be more sophisticated on modeling some of these things, like how people consume, what their major expenses, blah, blah, blah. You know, on top of the goals, lah, yeah. pretty much. But yeah. I think the also the important thing is like, we have to listen to a perspective of your clients. Mm-hmm. And and for this one, it's more like listen to your own perspective. If let's say you're doing it yourself, okay? And this has to be layered together with some technical sensibility. Let's say for example, right? Because we have those kind of like prospects or clients come to us, right? They have already made their wealth already. But what they're unsure of is like how much is enough, mm-hmm. okay? How much, if you, let's say, I want to send send my children to NUS tuition, how much is it? Now, the tuition fee one year is 10,000. Mm. Four years, 40,000. 20 years down the road, inflation, whether it's 3%, 4%, roughly 90,000, 100,000. That, that's a figure. If you have a lot of money, right? In order to fulfill this goal, just remember to set aside. Either you want to put it inside a balanced portfolio, just put 50,000 inside so that you'll grow somewhere there. Or if you're conservative, just set aside 100,000 for it. These are easier. The retirement one, right? Financial independence is tough. Tougher because... There are too many moving parts. The goals are, too many moving yeah, parts. The goals are varied. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people say different things, things about it. So everyone is like trying to f- figure out like, how much is that enough number? Yeah. So they come to us for that, right? And 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 we have like software to actually determine things like that. But a lot of times, right? We we have to find out like some like like some of the client's perspective about some of these things. Like say for example, if the market is not doing so well, right? How would you spend your money? Are you okay to be to actually like instead of uh uh spending five thousand per month, right? You spend like let's say three thousand. 4,000 per month. And most of them, right, um, they are quite flexible. Like. People understand that like, they are quite quite flexible. But there are some, you can imagine that they say, like, die, die, need 5,000. Mm. They have their own perspective. But there is some technical things, right? You cannot violate one. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's first it's, principles. It's, it's things like, say, say for, for example, they only have $400,000, right? And then they, they, they want to have, let's say, 35,000 in income per year. 
mm. mathematically cannot one no. yeah so that's why these two things like have to like marry you have to listen to them but at the, at the same time that's what they're coming to you for to get those numbers more correct yeah fair fair cool cool i, I think i think you've shared a lot Mm. great stuff um closing like one one last one last question mm. so if someone is thinking of joining the space you know financial planning wealth management what do you what, what is one liner you have <laughs> for that wow this, this question is is is, is hard it's like what a kung for you to jump you know? the controversial answer is like or or the, the career planning un, un, answer is like you have to understand the landscape that you're jumping into whether it fits your character or not a lot of times I think uh, talk to enough people uh, in the industry and, and all that and try to make sure you know who, who you're talking to la. Some, some, someone that is like maybe more neutral maybe they're more experienced that they see 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 all these things. Not trying then, to recruit you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's like, 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 say, wow, how much can you earn in your job? Like, like, like that. You come on, come, come over here. Well, a lot of fear mongering. Yeah, yes. yeah, you see, like in three years time, we will have a Jaguar. All these sort of things. I don't think everything would actually fit your character. Um, uh, ni- nicely because some sometimes you don't really know yourself that 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 well la. but it'll be different this kind of like advice is different if let's say you're fresh joining in um, without so much baggage versus mm-hmm. someone that wants to train career let's say a, a mid-career someone that's you know now uh, Hang Jing Pai you know like <laughs> times are hard you know and people are thinking oh maybe I should leave my manufacturing job or I should leave my you know like I should join a the financial space and then financial planning becomes an option. I think it's trade-offs. Uh, like, mm. like, like what, what, what you gain in your industry if you continue to stay. Like, like this job sucks, right? But you, you, if you jump to another place, uh, is it better? Because sometimes this place sucks because the boss sucks. So that one is an easy problem to fix. Unless you have jumped enough, then you realize that all bosses suck. <laughs> okay, okay, then I... <laughs> That one probably is a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So usually make make career switch. It depends on your on your financial situations. Because a lot of my colleagues, not say a lot, some of our associate advisors, they're doing career switches. Like one of them is he has his own family business, general manager, right? He decided to switch over. Another one, right, he works in a government organizations and then he switch over. So a lot of times we also try to help them. We try our best in our interview process, right? To make sure that they have that characteristics that have a high chance of su- succeeding. And then they're coming in into Provident, right? Uh, for the right, right, right reasons. Because if let's say we don't do a good job, then also not nice, ma. Mm. Uh, um, um, let, let, let's say that if 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 it doesn't work out, because they're taking a lot of like risk when 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 they do the, these kind of things. But for most of them, what what we observe is that you got to take care of your finances well like, before, before before you can be a good financial advisor. Yes, <laughs> yes. If this is what you're actually looking for, lah. But if let's say you're a hunter, uh, hunter, yes, and yes. then. And then you're actually looking for for sales sales and all. Then it's a different mat- matrix, right? You got to understand whether all these things. If you jump from from your those IT sales job into this one, right? Are you gonna still earn better compare compared to that one? Mm-hmm. So different 
different metrics. Cool, yeah. cool. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Mm. Stay tuned all the way after these quick notes for our personal money question segment. Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials, and check out thefinancialcoconut.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, so uh, three money questions. Uh, number one is, what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made? I don't have best investment. Like, like the best investment, if best investment is like those make 200, 300%, 300% like, that I can plow off. Like, unfortunately, you don't have like, a lot. It's like, if I make money, right, it's like the capital size is too small. Mm. Okay, so that's a hard truth. Mm. Like, I'm disappointed with myself. Worst investments, I have crypto investments. Mm. They all went to zero. Mm. Yeah, mm. and... Bad judgment, uh. mm. really bad judgment. You you let go of a lot of like traditional risk management. Okay. And okay. And, and, and all that. And if it goes down to zero, confirm is a bad but but I wouldn't say there is like one that like like stands out to be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it financially Im- Im- impairs me. Like, okay. don't have, uh. So we need another episode <laughs> to talk about <laughs> investment modes, crypto losses. Oh lao, my like that. Eh? <laughs> Okay okay, okay, okay. Next question, next question. What's one thing under $100 that has been a game changer for you? Probably two. Uh, okay, mm. not, not six game. Okay, one one of them is like like one of the one of the cups. One of metal, like those kind of like like cups that keep keeps drinks. Drink, thermal flask. Thermal flask. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. The, thermal flask. Why is a game changer is because like that thing itself, right, is like wow. And then it's, instead of you needing to open it, it's like a cup like that. So you just slide and then you can open. Mm. And these are some of the things that will encourage you to actually drink more. Because every time you you are doing your work and then you see the bottle and then you want to drink, right? And I'm not the one sort of kind of that get thirsty very easily. So mm. I have to force myself to drink. Mm. So you your brain will be thinking, hey, you need to open it up and then... <laughs> So you reduce the resistance. I reduce the re- resistance. But mm. the, the, the surprising thing is also like it really holds holds the temperature quite well. Because mm. it cost me $17. You can you all can go to Shopee and buy like it's under this brand called JML. La, and okay. then it's called Arctic. La, okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sponsored by them. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I would love to be sponsored by them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please I uh, can contact us. Yes. Uh last question is one place you learn that you think is underrated. I think this website called it's a wealth of common sense by Ben Carlson, right? I think it's a good blog because all the articles are pretty short. Let's say you're holding, let's say a broad-based diversified portfolios, right? It's good for you because, because they it has a lot of data, but it tells all, all these data in stories that, that is very relatable and they're not like my articles. Uh, they're short. <laughs> short they're, they're, they're short. Uh. So if you have so, not seen these articles, you should go and take a look. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so a wealth of common sense. A wealth of 
a wealth of common sense for those people that is actually interested in let's say uh, broad-based uh, investing right there's this guy called Ben Felix so he runs a podcast called Rational Reminder it's a very good podcast and where, where I got to know him is uh, through through his YouTube videos right that he breaks down some of these things whether we talk about let's say factor investing index investing right what is, what is a research be, be behind it it's quite thorough and then it's quite well broken down if let's say you are you're investing that way right that might be something to, to actually check out because it will help you go deeper into whether whether you can get like higher conviction into this way of investing okay thank you mm. thank you i appreciate your time Woo! no issue